0: The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and
1: Call
2: the meeting to order. Um, we've got a lot of discussion items for the next hour and a half. Um, so the first one is the uh, American Rescue Plan uh, Act, and uh, what are you guys going to um, So,
3: this
4: uh, back in it was June. Uh, few of the previous council had uh, discussed the possible uses of the American Rescue Plan action fund uh, the city was awarded a total of four hundred and oh gosh twenty-eight thousand um, dollars and so half of that money up two hundred two hundred thousand two hundred and fifty thousand I'm sorry needs to be very Needs to be um, the first disbursement amount and is needs to be spent by the end of this year. So uh, what you have before you is a list of recommendations. Uh, I reordered in that top memo. Um, I reordered with the priorities um, from administration. Uh, the first being the generator repair, um, or not even a repair, the upgrade, uh, the generator, uh, the city's portion of the match for the uh, locks, the new locking door locking system, as well as the repairs and upgrades needed for the elevator. So um, certainly you can feel free to choose other items from that list or identify something else that May be um, appropriate, but those would be our recommendations, and we've included uh, quotes for each of those items in there, with the exception of the door locking system, that is, uh, has already been decided through the grant um, the city was awarded through Oakland County.
2: So, so, so we've already got a grant for the locking system for most of the locks. Correct right? for
4: approximately ten thousand dollars. Okay.
2: All right, And so that—that's why it had a separate um, uh, uh, action item associated with it.
4: Yes, that is correct. Okay. Um,
2: and uh, and these these the, on the page four, those were the list of things that that the previous council came up with that were allowable suspense expenses under under ARP, right?
4: That is correct. Uh, the items in bold are are the priorities. Some of them were. Actually, most of them are already mixed into that original list. I just pulled them to the top for you. Yeah.
0: Was, there, um, it, was there any resident input in any of these ideas? Not that I know of. Okay. I, I didn't think
4: so, but do you know why? Uh, city, just looking through our our administration, evaluating what our needs are. Administratively for the building, so and that's what the the money can only be
0: spent on that.
4: There's some very specific parameters for what these funds can be used for. So, um, again, this list was developed back in May, June. Okay. So,
0: can we get um, the parameters for the next when when the next uh, disbursement? Is going to be coming.
4: Uh, we can certainly provide you some additional information. Um, okay. I believe it was uh, provided in previous packets as well, so I can see what those are. And, previous uh, packets sure to
0: new practices. to new council members. Pardon? Previous previous packets to new council members.
4: Uh, previous packets to the or council before you, which oh. are all accessible online. So, uh, oh, okay, okay, certainly... I'll, I'll
0: look online. That's yeah. good. Thank you.
5: Um, I had a question about the storm sewer system video. Yes. So it's $400,000, right? Right. Is that approximately? So would you be paying that in, would you be able to pay that for this portion and then the next, the next go around for ARP or would that be just straight up?
4: Well, so right now, um, the cameraing of the sewer system, the engineers estimated it to be just over four hundred thousand dollars total. Uh, we submitted and were awarded uh, two hundred thousand dollar Michigan Enhancement Grant to okay. cover okay. half okay. of that cost. So, um, so we're having this, on there just cover the balance.
5: Okay, thank you.
4: Yep.
2: Well, actually, it won't cover the balance. The, the the balance of the first. So, because if we do, if we do the the generator, the lock system, and the elevators. Uh, although I did notice for the elevator there were two, were there were two proposals in. I was a little confused by that. Yes, there yeah, there are two so, different
3: proposals. Right. Um, okay.
2: Yeah. And so if if you just look at just, for purposes of the discussion, I took the higher cost one. So it's, it's one hundred ninety-six thousand dollars. So the, the remaining fifty-four thousand we would put towards the of this first payment. We would put towards the, the sewers. It yes, yeah, that's one after. I mean,
4: there's plenty of ways right. to kind
2: of give you this up. So. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so we, in other words, when you said the balance, you meant the balance of the money that we're getting, not the balance of
6: the kind of the, got Okay,
5: it. Sorry. yeah. So all right. the elevator, did you have a recommendation? Um, so I see you have two, The eighty one. So who I guess spoke with the, the uh, elevator companies? And...
4: It was um, the Rami Spiden, uh, the director of building facilities. He um, obtained both of these elevator um, elevator calls. Uh Appler Electric is who currently services. Our elevator now. So,
7: okay. Isn't it? Home care. Home care. Sorry. they do our monthly inspection on the
0: elevator. You up to speed. What's wrong with the elevator?
7: They have said that the door, um, the door operator, the door clutch, the door closer. They um out with their life, their useful life, and we're having problems with the doors staying open or staying closed on the elevator. So it's something that has to be will have to be fixed because um if somebody gets on the elevator and gets stuck on it because the doors don't open. But they said that the doors had, or the mechanisms for the doors have used their out their out useful life. So. And when was this notice? On 10 12 of 2021, we just got the notice from Cone when they were out here to inspect. They do a monthly inspection. They have to through the state of Michigan. They have to do a monthly inspection. So we were notified after the inspection. And their quote should repair
0: the problem and give us how much more life the system.
7: I don't even know how old it, well, how old is the building?
2: So that elevator like is that old. So I don't know, you know, it would give us a lot, quite a lot. And, and if anyone um, compared, as Rami compared the two quotes that we had to determine which, which one best fits, or the idea here that we'll, we'll approve the overall spend and then, um, you know, you guys will evaluate and choose the appropriate vendor and the, the balance of the, of the storm, you know, storm water.
4: You know, I don't know if Mr. Sweden has uh, evaluated either, you know, compared mm-hmm. these, I think, really just authorizing the expenditure. Right.
0: Um, we asked him to get us a couple of quotes.
7: Well, when we got the first one from Care for 23 nine, we asked him to get two more quotes for it. And I think he only got one, and I, we haven't gotten the third one yet. You know, okay. so right, right. the
4: overall and and part of the reason this is important to get the elevator fixed is because our ADA accessible bathrooms are down in the basement. And so we need to be able to have um, anyone who needs them to have access. Any
5: other questions? I'm good. All right, so let's uh, move on to uh,
2: the interim city administrator agreements, uh mm-hmm.
4: right here at the back of my uh my phone computer um so i mean what you have before you is uh what myself pam and chief mckee have proposed for uh in terms of our agreements for the interim city management um position we've uh, discussed how we intend to um, split the duties. I mean, it, they will fall along the lines of our, our current specialties, if you will. can um, handling finance and budget, HR being serving as the primary point person, um, chief continuing obviously with police and fire, the emergency management services, um, working on IT and some other resident communication and outreach. Um, and then I will also be doing all the community development, planning, zoning infrastructure projects, um, general communications,
2: and whatnot, so. One, one question I have, so all, all three of the contracts um, were identical, so is, is the assumption that the, the, you know, taking over, you know, shareholder responsibilities is, is pretty much an even split between the three of you, or is it, you know, yes. one person be doing more than the other, or do you think it's going to be the way you guys are breaking right down, it's pretty much um, We're that, yeah, we
4: envision yeah. it to be an even split, very much a team
3: effort.
0: Pam.
5: So everything goes through Pam, emails, and then you disseminate correct. Okay. Correct. Um, I
0: have a question it's nothing personal. I asked for the information privately and didn't get it. So I just, I know Pam and Scott, I know how long you've been here and the things that you've done. I'm not familiar with your, um, you know, how your skills and qualifications fit the city administrative position. So I don't know if that's something that you can, can share. As I said, I did ask for it um, privately
4: and didn't get anything. So before I can vote, yeah, like sure. I've been doing community and economic development uh, for the last 15 years. I've worked for, uh, I started off working for a nonprofit that um, served the 13 communities, three counties, and MDOT along Eight Mile Road. Uh, both of the communities in Tranmond and the city of Klaassen, um similar in size. I did um, very similar work. Uh, in terms of the community and economic development aspect um, as well as managing the planning and zoning commissions and boards for each of those communities. Um, the business development related activities are also um, something that I did and was highly involved in for the city of Boston. obviously as well as here. Um, the, over the past year, I have been very involved with all of the infrastructure projects. um, You know, really working hand in hand um, with the infrastructure committee on a daily basis with the city's engineering consultants, um, you know, fielding the majority of resident comments, concerns, um, addressing their needs and services. So, um, this is Lines up well with everything that I have done in the past. Um, Is it I'm doing? And I, I guess I'm a little unclear on what's going to be different um, for you. You
0: know, than what the, what you're what you've been doing. What's going to be different as far with,
4: with you know what what added responsibilities
0: will you well, have?
4: I'm taking the prime. I will now be the primary lead for all of those infrastructure related oh, okay. projects. Okay, and right? <clears throat> No, okay. I've been working. I mean, obviously involved, involved, but the previous city administrator took the lead on those items. Um, Taking again the the lead on the communication aspects. Um, You know, that's the e newsletter, the Your Towns, like all the letters that come out. Um, Council packets. Council packets. I mean, I did the entire council packet, Um, you know, obviously with assistance from Pam and Scott, but, um, you know, really taking the lead on those items. So, okay.
5: Thank you. Mm-hmm. Other
0: questions? No That's a more question. So is this 48,000 or whatever? What's this number here? It's
8: 40,000
2: uh-huh. annual. So it's
0: in addition to their, their salaries yeah.
2: now? So it's not 48,000. So, so the, the thought is, you know, the, the city administrator, the, the process is typically four to six months. So, for the, so on a prorated basis, you know, let's say it's six months, it, it basically works out to about a thousand dollars. Yeah. So
0: this is a six month
8: agreement? It's a, it's, it's an agreement. Until and you buy until you until find the and how, how did we
0: come up with this particular amount? This is our proposal. And can you elaborate or
7: how, how this specific not, you came up with? Well, the additional work we're going to be doing, the um, like with me, I'm going to be doing additional meetings that I've never, I didn't do before. I don't get any overtime for putting in extra hours. Um, I'm going to be doing the budget all by myself. There's just gonna be additional time and I'm gonna be here a lot more hours than I have in the past. So
8: the other two. Correct. Yes. I never I never handled IT uh stuff for the city. So that's that's really gonna be a learning curve for me. Um, you know, Cheryl had gotten uh ball rolling with the new uh, phone system. Obviously the door lock system I'm now you know handling. There's there's things here that we've never done before. So it's gonna take us a lot more time than what we normally do. You figure Cheryl is working about 80 hours a
2: week, right? And so that's basically giving you guys all an additional,
8: you know, not like really 30, but 26.
7: Hours and I have been putting in a lot
3: of time too, right? I'm gonna to have to put additional time now. Sorry. 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 Sorry.
5: Does that um Is that kind of equivalent to uh, Cheryl's salary in the past, you break it up between the, or if you add it up between the three of you, is that, or is that going a, a bit over our annual salary? It would be a bit over annual salary. Thank you, guys. You do a fine job. Yeah. All right. So, item C
2: is uh, the city council meeting dates and uh, city observance holidays.
5: So. Uh,
4: Okay, um, so included in your packet are the proposed meeting dates for 2022, um, including your study session dates and your regular meeting dates. The only two items that will need to um, that you'll need to decide on how you would like to treat are the Indigenous Peoples Day, which is the second in October. Um, so in 2022, that'll be October 10th, and then uh, Juneteenth, which is the 19th of June. Uh, previously, council had asked what surrounding communities are are doing to celebrate those two holidays. Uh, Southfield is celebrating both of those holidays, and they will be closed to the public. As will Oak Park. Beverly Hills is. Um, open for Indigenous Peoples, and uh, they're still discussing Juneteenth, and Berkeley will only be recognizing those holidays. resolutions, so that is the action, the action item really is to um, determine how you want <clears throat> to treat those two holidays and then adopt your meeting calendar. And Pam and I went through these to make sure there's no additional conflicts with
2: holidays. Oh, so okay. Any questions on that? Any thoughts as to whether or not Juneteenth and the new utilization should be included in the calendar.
0: Yeah, as a holiday. I guess it might be a little off topic. Um, what are the
4: plans for the um closed office at lunchtime. right now at least through the end of the year we're going to have to remain closed from at least from 12 30 to 1 30. we just do not have the staffing capacity to have two people downstairs covering the counter at the same time um right now actually we've only had three people in the
7: office so um this last well, Last Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then um, today we only had three people down there. So we are proposing that we're going to look at it in the beginning of January once we get full staff back. We're hoping that we're going to be able to get back. And why are there only three people in vacations? Personal days. People have to use up the personal days before the end of the year. People are on vacation because of holidays. Um, staffing and this is also a big busy time for us with tax collections
3: so. any other questions um regarding the dates or third holidays
5: i don't have any questions but I, I, I do think these are two uh great holidays that we should be in favor of so
3: are no other
7: uh, sessions. let move on to this. staffing. Open. Okay. Let me have a chair. This way. Scott and I are going to take this on as a team effort here. Scott's been in touch with the three companies that were chosen for the city manager. Um, us to do the city manager search and he has got some information about those three companies if he
8: wants to take that over so really i only spoke with two so far uh spoke with gov hr of uh, northbrook illinois um they're preparing a packet to send us they will send us a complete packet of an overall search also with step down increments depending on what city council wants to choose Uh, they indicated there were rough overall costs for their complete package 22,500 I also spoke with a representative from Baker Tilly out of Texas, their overall complete package is 24,500 and they are preparing a packet as well with step down uh, pricing.
7: And on the MML um, we haven't talked to anybody we did get some information from them, but the last time we used MML we. um, We were about. $15,000 Fifteen thousand dollars at the max that we paid out for them for doing the search.
2: Right. As I remember, there were two different options last time. Correct.
7: The lower cost. the two options. I remember. Right. Yeah. But I looked it. I looked it up today about how much, and it was. It was just about ten thousand, but I, I didn't know if there was additional costs, that I didn't pick, pick up. I yeah,
2: just, the just to be clear for, for people that are watching, these are people were asking to submit proposals, not people that were necessarily
8: using. Correct. That's
7: correct. And then we're also looking for a city clerk. We um, would like to start putting that out there. Um, We'd like to go to the municipal um, clerks association and put it out on their website. We would also like to put it out on the MML website for clerks. that tally will be retiring or will be resigning from the city as of February 14th. So we would like to start getting somebody in because we do need a clerk for signatures and things like that. And since she is not in the office, it is very hard for us to get signatures. So we'd like to do that. Um, we're also, we will be losing our DBA and special projects manager. She will be resigning as of January 14th. And so that's another position we're going to have open here. Um, We also have our parks and rec coordinator position open. So we are very short staffed right now. We also have our deputy treasurer position isn't open yet. It's still open yet. And so we're we're down a lot of people. And so, like with the lunch hours, things like that, it's very hard for us to um, have two people in the office at all times, which we would like to have because of money reasons, safety, things like that. So, um, But these are things that we would like to have you guys look at and um, give us direction on, you know, uh, the city administrator position so we can get the ball rolling on that if or if. You want more information? We can get that for you. Um, but like the city clerk, in that we do have job descriptions. You do have the job description on your desk. We would like to start getting that one rolling as soon as possible.
6: Do you, do you think you'll be able
2: to have the you know all the proposals in house by our January third, uh, spending session for the city manager? Yeah.
8: yeah. Yes. Call a special
3: meeting if they have to.
7: Well, that's how during the holidays, though. So the third is right after the holidays. So that would probably be you could call a special meeting on the third if you wanted to.
0: Is there a possibility of doing any kind of temp um, help or anything like that until um, you know we do have some idea about a city administrator and you know it's hard for a new person to come in and have. Not have any say in, you know, some of the people that they're working with. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I know there's pros and cons to both ways.
7: Right. We had a temporary in here when um, the um, front counter person left. We brought in a temporary, and we were hoping to get somebody with more experience than what we got. It's very hard um, to bring somebody in, and then you have to, especially like if you're doing money things like that, you got to do background you all have to make sure we're doing you know, our due diligence, plus then they're training on these new people because they don't know how the city runs, they don't know what the operations of our day-to-day are, so it makes
0: it very hard to do that unless
7: you can find somebody that's already had some municipal experience.
0: Right. The today but
7: i don't know if it's on the agenda for today but if it's not then we would probably would like to have you add it that we can go out and search for a yes. city yes. city if it's not on there we would like to add it
5: right
4: now so we would like to
3: add that
7: the other two, um, the other positions will have to come back probably on June 3rd, and once we know more about what we're actually needing in that part, so. I'm
0: sorry, what positions are
7: those in? Um, the DDA special our, our projects manager and a parks and rec coordinator. And yeah. because parks and rec coordinator, we're really kind of swaying towards a part-time person for that position. We really um, don't think that it needs a full-time position. Um, because it used to be part time before, and then we it became full time. So we're kind of, but we want to look into that a little bit more. And um, so that, but right now with being down all these positions, there we're that's why we're doing different things. Because I'm still working the deputy treasurer, doing some of that work, and there's different things that you know we got to have segregation duties. We don't have that. So
0: Would that be something to look at too, a um for yeah, if we could get something with the town experience okay. is that more um important than DDA and DDA and special projects manager or Parks um. and Rec coordinator
7: Probably parks and rec it would be more important, but the DDA special projects person is the person that does the communications.
4: They do our newsletters. They do a lot of different things too. So they do all the community events. They run. They help run the DDA board of directors meetings, all of those committee meetings. And they have been
7: helping with parks and rec too.
4: They have been helping with our
7: parks and rec um,
0: programs. Well, we're right because we haven't yeah. had anything, but our charter does say that we are supposed to have a parks creation department so uh you know, I don't know that we've been did doing like,
3: did you say a department or a person
0: oh so the department doesn't
3: any mm-hmm. what did you say are- or did
0: you say? I, I said recreation department. There really isn't the part. Yeah. a department. We less the part that
3: Corey was taking mm-hmm. care of. So the departments never we have that.
0: Okay, right. I know, but I saw there were things that were being out going to be outsourced to Southfield and whatever. And I well, that was in talks.
7: We haven't done anything with that yet, but we were okay. Can, can
0: we please include residents in these discussions about what we're going to do in the future? Because this
3: is the.
2: And then one, one thing that was
8: floated, and I don't know if there's been any further discussion
2: on the uh, operation uh, the events until we get a recreation coordinator. So, um, have we investigated that any further? We have not had
7: time to do that because we just started talking about
0: that too. So, it's well, something to and volunteers to do stuff like that, especially in community parks and rec is a deal. It's an important community, um, you know, the change and impact of people that live here every day. So, um, you know, as a realtor, our parks and rec department was a, a was a real positive for people coming to our community. And so um, you know I and but maybe there are residents that could care less and maybe that's the majority. Um, I don't know. I just think it's a pretty important um, pretty important decision and discussion that should include the people that it impacts. That's all.
1: Anything else? If I could just make one comment, I think it's something that uh, interim, uh, administrator should consider is the is the appointment of an interim clerk um, just because it it is a position that uh, you need a clerk in the building and should, I don't know if you had discussions with Calder if it's something she would be interested in doing, but you know that that's a recommendation that um, the administrator, or the interim administrators can make to council for approval. and I do think it's something important that uh, we do sooner rather than later. Uh, again, just because you know, having a clerk in the building, someone that can sign uh, notices, resolutions, things of that nature, and uh, which, for that being on medical leave, it's, it's really not possible for her to continue to do that. So,
3: um,
1: just and, and you know, I do believe the MML has a list of interim uh, clerks, treasurers, things of that nature that, that could also be looked into to see if, some, if there's an individual that would be interested in that position on an interim basis.
7: Yes. Thank you. Yeah, I guess
2: the one the one question, Scott, would be I mean, if we're gonna approve posting this position you know, uh, immediately, we're going to approve that later on tonight, I mean, is is there really an opportunity to get somebody in here for, you know, the hopefully very short period of time that it's going to take to hire that person. I'm I'm not not sure I'm I'm throwing that out there as a question. Yeah,
1: no, I mean, I I don't know how long it's going to take, you know, by the time it's posted and it's open, you you might be looking at 30 to 60 days before um, a candidate is selected and presented to Council for confirmation. So and again, that's a big window of time to not have a, a clerk in the building. So yeah, just just asking the question. And likewise, too, with respect to the other positions, maybe interim would be a good way to go just because, you know, hiring a new administrator, they may want to bring in their own people. They may want to, make, uh, I think someone made that comment earlier, may not want to be handcuffed with, you know, we've just filled a bunch of positions and then. Ultimately, the, the organization of the day to day operations is the responsibility of the administrator. So you know, there may be a reorganization
8: of, of staff and duties.
3: Do I have anything else? American power Update.
7: The American tower update, I think we're um, going to hold off on this because we are trying to get some information. Um, Bruce has been kind of working on this with Wayne State um, to get some more information. When Ian was on council, Ian had brought up the thing because they want to buy out our tower from us. Right now they have some smoke monthly and um, they want to buy the tower out, and give us a certain amount, sum a month for 50 years, I think, or some. So, um, and when Ian was talking, he said that technology is going to take off, and he may not be able to. So, what um, we've talked about, and um, Chris has been helping with it, he's been very diligent about helping us with this, that um, we'd like to get somebody from Wayne State that knows technology, knows what might happen in the future to these towers? Um, are they going to be, you know, are they going to be worth something later down the road, or are they going to be obsolete and we're going to be doing something else? So, um, we have um, been in talks with these um, some people from Wayne State, right, Bruce? Yeah, Thank you, Trying trying to
2: get them for the January third meeting. waiting to you back. Yep.
7: Yeah, to come in and um, speak with the council.
3: But have yeah. you let? Um, the american power having extended the uh like,
7: it was so. extended it, uh, but i will after tonight i will call them again because okay. i want to make sure that this is the way you want us to do it by extending it again so okay. i can call them tomorrow yeah, yeah. yeah.
8: yeah.
2: Yes. and, and the, the one thing that was interesting just in the discussions that i had with them is and, and i don't I'm, I'm probably putting words in their mouth but just from what they were saying it sounds to me like those are actually the 5g they'll actually be less valuable because 5g requires requires um more frequent smaller um apparatus than than the existing 4 LTE, which requires a huge tower so, so that was kind of an interesting point so which would make you know which might make us lean towards option two which is hey right. us the money now before they're obsolete but uh, again they'll they'll talk to us about but that
3: one of the um the New technology, when do they co locate on the tower? Did they not go? I didn't didn't get
2: into that. It was was a very basic conversation.
0: Any other questions or discussion regarding the tower?
3: Ethics, training, ordinance, and training.
7: I think Scott's going to take that one. (laughs) Yeah,
1: so this is something that's come up um, in part uh, based on last week's training with um, the parliamentarian, as, as well as with uh, just as some ongoing discussion that we've had with the prior council and administrator, as far as implementing a um, an ethics order for lack of a better term. There's a good publication that's included in your packet from the MML that kind of goes into further detail about uh, what, what an ethics order Really is and what it means and, and what it encompasses more than just um, what you think of, um, you know, what you initially think of when, when the word ethics comes up. Included in your package is one, uh, a sample one that my office did for the village of Wolverine Lake. And again, this is just kind of a starting point for discussion um, amongst council members just to see if there's an interest in doing this, if so, how, how you'd want to go about uh, creating one and, and what you would like to see in it theres certain things you you would or you wouldn't want to see included in that um, the publication from the OML does uh, does reference uh, creation of a subcommittee or a study committee uh, where you can get uh, staff input resident input council input professional uh, consultant input so really that's, that's why this is on the agenda for this evening is to to have some discussion about that and then uh, to get some direction for moving forward on it.
0: Um, I was really happy to see the MML uh, handbook on page 61, um, where it talks about Robert's rules of order are complicated, highly detailed, and are intended primarily for large legislative bodies or for meetings of large associations whose membership may number hundreds. Its procedures may be unnecessarily cumbersome for small governing bodies, the five to seven member councils of most Michigan municipalities. Um, and it just talks about some of the some of the differences. And it says the complex details of parliamentary procedure may also confuse and frustrate elected officials and the public particularly if the rules are seen as being manipulated for or against one side of an issue or the other, or are seen as being ignored, misunderstood, or wrongly invoked. Such a use of the rules of procedure or the perception of their misuse will counter the very purpose of rules of procedure to protect the minority and promote orderly deliberations and decisions and will further undermine public confidence in government. So this is kind of... um, the opposite of what we had at the parliamentary procedure meeting, which I found somewhat disturbing and um, cutting down on transparency and interaction with residents and um, the importance of residents. So um, like I said, I you know this, this is much more the model that I was used to as a, as a school board member. Um, being involved with the community, working together as a team, um, sharing information so that everybody is on the same page, so that when we're making important decisions, we all have the same information and we know know where we're going. The um, presentation I thought was, um, I don't know, creates a kind of exclusionary process. Um, As a new council member, it's been, you know, difficult to get information, get documents, whatever, so that I can make decisions so that I know what's going on. Um, so anyway, I, I appreciated this uh, this perspective from MML. And um, as I said, that's, that's more what I'm used to. So when, um, you know, sometimes it may appear that I don't know what the rules are or about Open Meetings Acts and all of those kinds of things. I do, I was an elected official for 14 years. So um, I am familiar with these things and this is the model that I'm used to working with.
1: So it is, I mean, and what, uh, I will, based on last week's rating, I mean, we, we have a very loose application of Robert's Rules of Order in terms of the structure of our meetings. And I think that could, that is pretty consistent um, across the board, when it comes to local government and even higher up, Um, certainly not the volume of of information that's contained in our virtual, there's no, there's, it would be impossible to apply it to to the city at this level, Um, but it, but it is, it is something that, you know, our policies and procedures as uh, Coco indicated are from 1985, Uh, you know, we talked about Two years ago about updating and revising those and, and it's something that um, unfortunately we just haven't really dove into and so that's why, again bringing this up again I feel uh, that it's important to to discuss this and to put something in place that uh, just ha- it has a clearer picture for everyone um, what, what the expectations are how things will work and then yes possibly clear up some of those uh, those confusions, those things that might lead the residents to, to question transparency uh, in their local government. So again, I put this on here for discussion and, and like to get some feedback so that we could you know, potentially move forward with it.
0: So the way the meeting was run on December 6, that was loosely following Robert's rules?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not, it, it's not a very, it, I mean, we're having a discussion back and forth here. I mean, under Robert's rules of order, that would you know we would both be speaking through the chair of the board. But yeah,
0: but this is a study session. This isn't a regular meeting. It's
1: not the same rules of order apply to whether it's a study session or a council meeting. I mean, the difference again between a study session and a council meeting is that there's no votes taken at a study session. Mm So yeah,
2: I mean basically I mean I think you mentioned this to you, Barbara, or you, jail in one of our discussions. I mean, that, I mean really, the, the whole piece that we really use is there's a motion, there's a second, there's discussion, there's a vote. I mean, that's that's really only the, I mean, that's the, the major gist of how our tool affects our, our, our deliberations.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, we're not, nobody's, uh, you know, making a motion to call, you know, points of order, points of interest. I mean, it's not to those aspects that are not utilized so, so that's when i say loosely applied. that's what i mean, okay. <laughs>
3: yeah,
6: I, mean I think it's a good idea
3: I, mean,
2: I think we should move forward on it i'm not exactly sure how how we do move forward on it, whether it's you know via committee or via uh, you know you, got, you and you're off of taking the first draft
1: in it or you
5: know, yeah like i
1: said going. i i did include obviously that what we did for uh wolverine lake is a little bit different um that's a village versus a city so um, but I just wanted to give you just something. I mean, and in this in this article uh, from MML, they do identify a number of other communities that have them. So again, if it's something that council wanted to make a, a subcommittee and appoint to a staff member, I mean, they'd be happy to be a part of it. Probably should be a part of it. Um, a council member or two. And then if there was a resident or two that wanted to be on it, um, I think that, that that would be one way to go about it. Or you could just directly prepare something it uh and council could review it and change it as necessary so whatever
3: whatever the, the pleasure of the body is well i like the idea of you um drafting something and then uh for us to review it um
5: yeah consistently i like that idea okay. as well yeah.
0: i have a question um i did i mean i missed this um was this precipitated by the current situation or is this something that you had been looked at in the past
1: no, we. I mean, we've talked about it um, in the past and, and updating the rules of procedure. Uh, it, I definitely feel that it's important. There's been a lot of back and forth and dialogue on, on which policies are we adhering to, you know, what are, what, what are the repercussions for this or that? So I think it's important to have it clearly defined and laid out so that all council members are on the same page when it comes to policies, procedures, and, and obligations uh, and as their role. And again, not just counseling. Mean, these standards would apply to um, appointed members of bodies. I mean, there's been lots of discussion about transparency and subcommittees and roles and responsibilities of individuals that are on subcommittees. So what I am envisioning is, is an, an ordinance that would encompass all of that, planning commissioners, and, and even be applicable to staff, um, what, what those standards are.
0: Any other discussions? Yeah, it's kind of hard to draft this because I don't think it's clear on what I don't know when our charter is followed, when it isn't, what you know, what what rule we follow, what law we follow in this situation, that situation. That's I haven't seen a clear um, path, so I don't I don't know as far as developing uh, you know a plan and a, a policy. Um, well, I mean, part of it is because our well, charter guess, is lacking yeah i mean so
1: you you keep referencing not following the charter and i can only assume you're referring to the the organizational meeting after the election
0: it's and, and swearing in and taking office and you know all those okay. pieces so, so there one, were some that one item that you consequences from that.
1: And over and over again. Right? i'm sorry I, what's that i said you keep bringing that up over and over again and that's what you're referring to and, and we have explained to you previously that for the last 15 years they've never had a meeting on that day and we and the mayor has said that moving forward we will follow that provision so is there any other part of the charter that you feel that is not being adhered to or can we move on past that
0: i don't know that move on past past oh, it's that been
1: the mayor has already said going forward we will we will set aside past practice and we will adhere to the Charter. So mm-hmm. if, if you, you continually refer to the Charter and our lack of following it, mm-hmm. I would like for you to specify what areas of the Charter we're not following.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, that,
1: I, that issue has been resolved. So I'm asking if we can move on from that or do we have to bring that up at every meeting?
0: Oh, I didn't realize that, you know, my my questions still have not been answered. I. Had a lot of questions about what the process looks like and whatever. So as far as moving forward on it, I, you know, I've, I haven't gotten the information that I've requested. So, um, what, what
1: information are you lacking with respect to?
0: The just what the process? That? What? What did the process look like? What? Um, you know, uh, um, as a new council member, as a resident, as whatever. I mean, it was it was disturbing. Um, and then the lack of even thinking that it's anything important or whatever is even more disturbing. So, um, you know, that's my piece. And when it, and when the city attorney is saying, we haven't done it that way for 15 years, and, you know, sometimes we enforce the charter, sometimes we don't. Um, you know, as far as the, the, the legal pieces, I took an oath on November 22nd that I would uphold the uh, Constitution of the State of the United States the Constitution of the State and the Charter of Lathrop Village. So, you know, if I'm not following the Charter, I'm breaking the oath that I took, you know, just a month ago. So, um, you know, I'm just saying it's, it's difficult if there aren't procedures and practices that are or across the board, there's not a level playing field for people and um, you know to just have it blown off and okay you know yeah draft a proposal for us you know I, that's not the way I'm used to uh, working with people. I'll let you know if there's anything else in the charter that I'm concerned about.
1: Nothing.
2: So this is the a matter of hand, which is the ethics uh, proposal. So it, it, I think part of, part of the issue is, is, that, is that our charter is silent on, on ethics and you know, ethics issues. So, for example, um, in the last council, we had a couple of issues, um, you know, like, for example, absence issues, and there was nothing that we could do about it as a council because there was nothing in our charter that allowed us any, there were no ramifications because of absence issues on certain boards. And so there was nothing we could do about it other than just to let let you know these absences just continue. And so um, you know, so so this this is an example of something that might be addressed by that. So I, the idea, the idea is to fill of, of the ordinance is to fill in the holes as opposed to you know amending the charter and, and, and going through all that needs to be necessary to amend the charter, which is really the purpose of any ordinance. So
0: I thought there was an absence clause in the charter. Some, no, some with just some, some things, some, just city some council.
3: Boards, no. Some boards have them, some don't. But it was we'll agreed to have Scott. Okay. Is there any other discussion on ethics ordinance and training? And I mean, and then I was going to look for the MML to do a ethics training.
1: Yeah, and that, that is a service they provide, I think um, it would probably be beneficial if we had our ordinance in place mm-hmm. before we then got trained on it. But, okay. um, yeah, that's something that I think we could do.
0: Should we have outside help with changing things? Changing what? Huh? Changing what? Putting the ordinance in place, I mean, who's
3: so that's why we would have Scott draft it and mm-hmm. bring it back to us mm-hmm. for us to uh, go over to see if there, you know, if there is there, there's a need for it to be changed. I just think that that's somewhere we can start and then we can like what Scott also offered is to have a subcommittee for. It. But I think a start would be good to have something, a document starting to have like a, a, a rough draft of what it could be.
0: And there would and, be a study session where we could have a discussion about yeah. it. And every a a study session on first or third uh,
3: Monday, yes, absolutely. Okay. And Thank since you. it's
5: a draft, it's going to be on the website. So you can get access, the residents can get access to the draft, and they can come here for public comment, and that's where we can get our well, feedback from them as well, too. And just so, I
1: mean, with, as with any ordinance, there's always a first and a second reading right. of that ordinance before it becomes effective. So in addition to the, the study session, especially that council will have, um, there, there's also still that opportunity when, when it does go on a regular meeting, that the first reading, the public has an opportunity to comment, council has an opportunity to comment if there's changes from the first reading to the second reading that those can be made prior to the adoption, if that's what the council ultimately
0: chooses to do. Anything else? Well, can we send, send uh, suggestions of things that we might like to see in it? Mm-hmm. So
3: what we'll do is first have them do the ordinance or put the draft together. So then when he sends it back, that'll be an opportunity for you to go through it and you can see what, or we can see what needs to be added to it, or what needs to be removed from it? Yeah, we'll be working back
2: We'll right. be exactly. Working document and then we'll, we'll we as a council at study sessions, crafted into the final ordinance.
0: Okay. Is there like a boilerplate uh, template for it, or something, or no? Well, that's the draft that was
3: included in your package. is kind of like the the a rough draft Wolverine. of that, that, what it Wolverine could be. That's that right. one
1: that my office right. had prepared for Wolf, for the Village of Wolverine Lake. Uh, that's probably the starting point of what I would use now if there's certain things that you see I mean by just having reviewed that if there's certain things in there that you like or don't like um, absolutely let you know you can let me know ahead of time before I bring it back but uh, yeah that's uh, that's kind of I guess there is uh, and again those other those other ordinances uh, city of Troy is a pretty good one um, I think Lawson has a pretty decent one too. So those are, you know, usually with, with ordinance drafting, that's what, that's how I I do it. That's how other so attorneys do it. We look at what other communities have done, what has worked, what hasn't worked, and then kind of craft uh, an ordinance specific
3: to the needs of the city. Anything else? I'm
5: not sure. Do we need to go? Um... I, d- I guess when I was looking at the draft, I didn't think it was too intentional or detailed, uh, you know, pertaining to the city. So I would like to see it a little bit more detailed to, um, you know, how we use electronics and things of that nature. Um, and I guess process and procedure for when or using email and things of that nature, because I think that could help us, um, you know, not make whatever, you know, errors that are arising. And so it's written in the the ordinance and that's one place you can look to make sure you're adhering to those.
1: On that topic, I'm glad you brought that up because that... So my recommendation for that, those types of things, for policy oriented type things, those should be in a standing resolution, So what I think okay. maybe a separate document from this, um, because those are subject to change probably more frequently, although again, we haven't amended them since the 80s, but in other communities, their their accounts, policies and procedures and their resolution on that change more frequently. So. Rather than codifying under under Unicode and as an ordinance of the city, it's a resolution. So, again, it just provides for a little bit more flexibility. Um, yeah, that, that is, I think that should be done in addition to, I, I do think our, our um, policies and procedures are a bit antiquated, um, as Coco indicated. And I think that's a, yeah, that's a document that we talked about revising two years ago, and then it just never happened. So. Um, that's something else that I think should be a focus of first uh, quarter of next you know, next year that we work on getting a, an updated a comprehensive update for that is that uh, those, those procedures and, and those two would so work in concert case. that without right. you know violations for example yeah uh, yeah you could, we could, would we can out. reference it, not necessarily specifically call out the yeah. rules of procedure but we can reference them in, a, in an ordinance that you know how do we deal with or how do you approach you know making sure that everyone is on the same page and, and following all of those and again it's more so just a, a kind of an easier document that we can look at and see this is what the expectations are this is what uh, i can expect in my city council and how you know how we will anything else
3: Um, next we'll have the um, Sgrx Prescription Savings Program. Okay. Boy. Boy. oh hello I will be quiet <laughs> mm-hmm.
6: All right, good evening, everyone. Hi. Name is Imen Ekpenio, and I am the CEO of SGRX. We are a pharmacy benefit manager. So essentially, when you think about the healthcare system, we have medical, pharmacy, dental, vision. So we are the pharmacy component of the healthcare package. And here today with myself is Heather Kotoski, who is our pharmacy network manager. Um, we're here to talk about our SGRX SAVES program. Essentially, SGRX saves program
5: is a- Sorry, sorry. Can you speak in the mic? Yeah, sorry. where is it? Oh, you don't want to mic. Thank you. A better? Much better. Yes. All right,
6: thank you. SGRX saves program is a prescription savings program that's tailored to provide pharmacy discount benefits to the underinsured and uninsured. So essentially, you know, in a situation where you have insurance, and you have you know, high deductible, high copay, and you're looking for a opportunity to be able to supplement your prescription costs, you can use this program. Or for those that are uninsured completely or actually shopping for the best or the lowest net cost price for prescriptions, you can also use as an option. What we're doing is we're looking at opportunities such as uh, partnerships with the city where we could private label products so that either employees, um, city residents, well, anyone who's able to see it could use this card to be able to lower their prescription costs. The program—we have copies here that—if we could pass that out, okay. um, It's a free program that actually has access to over thirty thousand stores nationwide. That includes all the major pharmacy partners, CVS. Walgreens, Walmart, uh, Rite Aid, Kroger, Myers. And it's a really simple program. It's free. Um, and all we have to do at this point is have, we will have samples of what the car will look like, where the uh, patient goes into the store, presents the information. Um, and the way it's programmed, you can use your phone number. as a unique ID. And as long as the pharmacy puts in the unique information that's assigned to this program, it generates a proton on the back end and nothing else needed. There's no exchange of data, no personal information between the city and us. It's essentially a free program that requires no data exchange or cost or fee for the program. Um, we have an online portal that they can go on to and price information. So one of the most popular, the few popular tools like this good GoodRx, the single care, and most folks are familiar with But essentially, that's the most, best point of reference that you're going to the portal. Put your drug name in and it tells you, Thank you. And you can even ask for the closest pharmacy within a 5, 10, 20 mile radius. And it'll give you a list of pharmacies in the area you can price and see which pharmacy has the cheapest or the lowest cost. And within, you know, everything on the site is guaranteed. It gives you the highest possible scenario from a pricing standpoint. So you can call the pharmacy, make sure that the claim will go through, and just to guarantee that, and then, you know, hit the pharmacy to pick up the medication. The other thing that we are doing with this program, in addition to having it be a free program, is we're also providing what's called patient assistance program support. One of the most um, expensive sectors of the pharmaceutical world are specialty chronic high-cost medications. So we have a lot of the drug manufacturers have what they call copia assistance programs. So we will, again, at, with no additional costs, support anyone who calls on behalf of the city to say, hey, you know, we have a discount card, but we need additional help because that product makes really expensive. We have relations with this drug manufacturer. So we'll reach out to them and try to have the patient optimize any existing co-pay assistance or co waiver program that exists. And again, that's the benefit that comes with um, the city adopting this program or endorsing the program.
3: Yeah. Any questions? Yes.
0: How, how does this work with the city? What's the what's the benefit to the city? I mean, I know, know it'd be a benefit to residents, but what's the benefit to city, you know, sponsoring it or you know, publicly supporting it?
6: So initially, you know, again, no um, you know cost at all to the city. It's initially a way to be able to help supplement your existing program. So when you think about individuals that have or think about the existing coverage you have through Blue Cross, not every drug is covered. So you still have a significant amount of your population that will go out and pick up medications and pay cash for it. Mm-hmm. So this helps employees, residents, be able to lower the cost of those medications that are not covered.
0: And then do you do you do, you do, you do the advertising and marketing yes. to our residents? What, what is 100% own?
6: we own that. So once you decide this is something you want to adopt, we will work together with you, whether it's health fairs, uh, marketing. So we will support 100% of marketing at no cost to
0: you. Right. So there wouldn't be any additional work that an employee in the city would have to do to support this, besides just, you know, letting people know how to contact you.
6: Exactly. Great question. Yes, that is correct.
2: Supplying the logo. to... uh,
0: the water sewer program, yeah.
2: Only, only it's better because it's, it doesn't cost residents that
6: basically, just a benefit for the residents. And yes, to, to be able to private label it, we need your logo to go put on the card.
3: And you send something out to all the residents, also, that this is the option um, for them if we adapt it. Yes, oh. yes, and it will
6: work with you to use the most you know effective campaign mechanism to get that laid out because that's the most important thing to have a that access that label. So they can go in on price and medication again. The way it works, again, it's free. If it's not, it doesn't save you money, you don't use
5: it. Can you uh, speak to any surrounding cities that you guys work with?
6: Um, surrounding cities, we previously worked with the city of Roseville. Um,
1: we had
6: um, who else? Sterling Heights previously. But So we are a pharmacy benefit manager that works with employer groups, health plans, government programs, um, and we've been around for almost 20 years. As a matter of mm-hmm. we're celebrating 20 years this year. And as of 2020, we manage over $100 million in pharmacy spend. Mm-hmm. So while we don't have a lot of local um, references, we have our largest client covers over 40,000 employees, um, and our smallest client has less than 100. We have customers all over the country.
3: So your specialty is not just municipality, exactly. Not, okay,
6: and and it's not just so this is one the prescription savings program is one segment of our services. We're primarily a pharmacy benefit manager that provides premium services to employee groups and health plans. So.
2: Yeah, so it's kind of a win-win in in that you get brand awareness and our residents get discounts on their drugs without having to pay exactly. a subscription fee or anything like that. Yes.
0: Have you had a presentation on this already?
2: They met with us. Uh, during when uh, was it?
0: Last Wednesday.
3: Tuesday. Oh. Any questions for? Him? Any additional questions? No. Um, and I believe that this is coming up on our uh, in our meeting. So, um, are you all sticking around for the meeting?
0: Yes. Or yes. I'm trying to, that's like too much. So we'll be voting on it tonight. Yeah.
7: The first action item. Yes. Oh, okay. So yeah, I just wanted to make sure that, the,
3: the,
5: yeah. Okay. I was concerned, why was not it, it not in the packet? <laughs> right. It is information? Yes.
4: Just it available for the packet
0: i didn't know if it was employees you didn't know what it was so it's just to just get information and then have to go
3: any other questions well thank you thank and if you want to uh hang out either yeah, in the, yes yeah. and then there's another room that's all the way the meeting room yeah. is all the way oh, across yeah. oh okay <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all Thank for coming. You. Thank you. But so
1: long update. Well, I'm here. I am fell out of my chair last week when um uh, Cam called me and told me about the invoice from that the city has received from what's along for their uh, election commission related services it's uh, it's twenty thousand little, bit, I mean, a little bit. it's a little bit over twenty eight thousand uh, dollars I was shocked by this I have uh, reached out to Beth uh, from from who who is my contact attorney um, throughout this process and, and we haven't been able to sit down and go over it yet but we she did it she did indicate that this is something that uh, she is willing to work with the city on but again I was I mean, that's, that's like six months of what I know the city for my services. So, um, very surprised by it. Um, obviously my recommendation to Pam was not to issue the check until we get it figured out. Um, you know, there appears that there were a lot of services that were built, uh, for items that we clearly did not include in our scope. Um, uh, just for example, uh, working with Cal to try to get into the, uh, QVF, the qualified voter file, which has all the signatures uh, on the petitions, because that uh, the time frame in which they were engaged to do the review, the time frame to question the validity of any of the signatures on the petitions had already passed. Uh, that was not part of the scope of what they were asked to review. So that, and then they had, you know, four people that looked at everything, which uh, wasn't really necessary or requested. So. So hopefully we'll have an update um, on that. But I did, like I said, it just it was just brought to my attention last week. Pam received an, an email about it. So we wanted council to be aware of it. And, and again, just uh, something that we're we not happy with, uh, but we're gonna we're gonna work on it. So if there's questions or feedback or thoughts on that, I'd be happy to take it to them. Any questions? sort of that
2: until after me, your fact and best buzz along. So. Yeah. It, yeah.
1: My, my initial correspondence to them after seeing this invoice was that one, we never, you know, we authorized a $5,000 expenditure. Right. Right. There was no communication from them that you know, they had utilized that. In fact, they didn't even give the city credit for that retainer. Uh, on their invoice so but there was no communication with the city that you know we they we had exceeded that or had used up a majority of that retainer amount or yeah we're near, which would be that would be the customary practice for an attorney is if they're working on a retainer once they've exhausted a majority of that retainer they will go back to their clients and request approval uh will ask for more money usually what they need So, I'm very shocked by the way that we handled this. Um, again, hopefully, we'll have an update soon. the to how that's going
8: to go. Does anyone have any um,
3: feedback? Agenda item discussion? Thank you,
2: Scott. Yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about the postponement of the of the uh, resolution to start the cannabis um, uh, application process. Mm-hmm. So I think just based on the brief conversation we all had about it, it seems like there's pretty unanimous support that, and we feel that it makes, makes sound like a speak for everybody, but we did have a very brief discussion at the last meeting, um, that it makes sense given the importance of the city administrator's role in that application process and the fact that we don't have a city administrator. So um, as we talked about a little bit earlier, you know, it's about a four to six month Process to hire a, a city administrator, and you know when we get to the end of that process, say in six months, we're not just going to flip the switch on and say, "Hey, let's 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 go with the, the application process." So, you know, probably going to have to give that that new person, you know, two or three months to have to, you know, set up their department, you know, configure their staff, get up to speed, and all what you need to lay up, and, and and so forth. So, so realistically, probably on a conservative basis, you're probably talking, you know, seven, eight, nine months before we get to the point where we're able to put that switch back on and so the concern that I have uh, I think the only drawback about moving you know putting a delay in process is, is that um, it's really going to hamper any economic development that we have in the city because um, you know right now there's just from talking to existing businesses and talking to prospective businesses um, you know there's there's a lot of inflation and increases on the you know, rental space. You know, all the speculation that's going on and leases and so forth. And then from from talking to Susie, um, you know, it, it also appears that uh, most of the biz, most of the buildings in the green zone have contingent contracts with campus vendors that basically say, if we get a license, we'll we'll buy your building. And so nothing is going to happen with any of these buildings while while we're in the delay process. So um, my concern is is that we're going to get to the end of this process and then. You know, I think there's um, uh, you know, we'll, we'll then may, may have a movement to, to give this information to the voters to let the voters decide what to do with it. Um, you know, both you know for conversations and and so I think what's what's eventually gonna end up happening is that this will end up going to the voters. So so my concern is, is if we wait until the end of this delay and say, okay, now we want to go put it in front of the voters, we'll miss November because. There's a long delay period. I think the beginning of August is when everything has to be in into the, the, the state and so forth. So we'll miss that period, which is going to mean it's going to push us off to another another year to the, to the next November of uh, 2023. 20, so that's going to kill us economically um, from a development perspective, because now you're going to have almost two years of, of, of stagnation. And so what I'd like to propose is that in our next study session, we begin as a council to start talking about what Putting, um, you know, putting this to the voters what it would look like, you know, what we what we would specifically be asking, and, and basically start the process so that we do it now, so that we don't end up with a two year delay, um, and and really crush us from an economic perspective.
3: Um, Are you saying yeah. that put the 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 um, have the dispensaries, rather than we have dispensaries to put on the ballot?
2: Well, I think what we or, and, and we have to. We would need Scott's input, but my, my thought is is that because we've got the ordinance in place right and and the ordinance protects us. But if if we never say, you know, as Scott talked about in our last meeting, we, we separated the um the start application date into a separate resolution. So if that never gets implemented, then the ordinance stays in place and, and we don't get dispensary. So I think what I'm proposing, Scott, correct me if I'm wrong, um, is that we would put the you know, ask the voters whether or not there should be an application start date, and if they say no, then we just don't implement a start date ordinance stays in place, which keeps us protected. If they say yes, then we, you know, start to put the switch on the people start the application process, or is there another way to so? But do that?
1: I, you know, I'm trying to follow what you're saying. I understand as far as the potential you know, locking any sort of economic development because no property owner is going to, right? You know, risk not having a potential cannabis um sure. uh, customer by their building. So I, you know, but I would think the big, the bigger question and what the overwhelming uh, discussion, at least from what's been brought to my attention is, is whether the city should have the ordinance in general. Should, should we have opted in and allowed for cannabis facilities? So, and should that be a question that had gone to the voters initially? It, it wasn't, primarily because of the timing when when the the citizen petition was submitted, it had already the timing to put it on the ballot, had already gone past. So what I would recommend is, and I agree 100%, I don't think that this, with short staff already, I don't think that moving forward with with the application period is a wise idea, simply because there's not enough people to to review everything and and make sure that it's done timely and accurately. During that delay period, I, I do think, again, and this is entirely up to the, to the wish of council, is that they wanted to put the, the cannabis ordinance, the cannabis business ordinance in front of the voters, that that would be the time to do it. Like you said, if you don't do it, or if you wait until a petition is received or a referendum or something of that nature, you know, if it's not to received and it doesn't get on the ballot for the following general election. So I think that's a, that's a discussion that council could have, and if uh, the voters uh, resend or or, uh, pass the referendum by valid question, then then that ordinance would come off and the city would opt out. Um, My concerns about, and I have have talked about this on a number of occasions previously, that by not having an ordinance on the books that sets the framework, it does potentially subject the city to uh, pro-cannabis groups submitting their own usually it's in the form of a charter amendment submitting their own language to, to the voters for consideration. To that extent, I will say that if, if city puts its own ordinance on there and the vote and the, the residents vote against cannabis businesses, that sends a clear message to the cannabis industry that this is not really a community that uh, going to be well received to our product. And so oftentimes they, they will move on to the next community that um, you know may not have a definitive position on it. So so that, that would be I think that would probably be my recommendation, but again, it's something that would have to come from council as to how um, how we want to perform
2: that yeah, so, so I'd like if we could discuss it further in January, I'd be great.
0: We can hold a special election, we don't have to wait for the November election.
2: Right, but I think again, my thought, and I don't know how others feel. I, I personally would like it to be in the November election because we'll get a, the best response from the city. I mean, you know, people.
0: Oh, you well, know, something like this, you will, would have a turnout. Yeah,
2: yeah, but I mean, if you if you've got a, a big election, you know, we're we're voting for senators and representatives. You know, that's going to bring people. It's going to help to bring people out, and so we'll we'll get. The most accurate, I guess. Right, response. but if you're if
0: you're concerned about it, dragging things out, right. we can hold a special right. election. So.
2: Right, and there's a cost to
3: that, though, too. Well, so yeah. yeah. Well, I'm I I think that that's a great idea. Um, I think that we should get the um. I think that that'd be great, a great idea to put in on the ballot at this point and um. So what do we have to do to like get that ball rolling? If that you know, that's what everybody wants. Well, yeah, let's get
1: to the the resolution tonight. There are questions about that, (laughs) and then we can address what the next step is as far as. But I think it simply would be putting that ballot question on the um, putting that question of the ordinance on the ballot for consideration.
3: Okay. Sounds good to me. Um, Council and Mayor, uh, Council and Mayor comments, which I don't have any at this time. Any Council comments?
0: That's a question. Just want to know. um, Several people reach out and say they aren't able to get a hold of anybody at the city, and no one's called them back. I just don't. I don't know what our process is for incoming calls. I know usually you call and you get the message. Is that standard does anyone ever just directly answer a phone what does it look like So, I, you know, so if, they're people calling,
7: know. if they're calling the front desk mm-hmm. if that person is up helping somebody at the desk that phone will they have to go to the voicemail meeting and send a message they will not return it back but we have told the residents before that we have a 24-hour window period to return our calls okay. um, the front desk person has been on the office they want me to me up the mic
3: yeah
7: Our front counter person has been out of the office the last four days. Um, So we have not had somebody at that front desk. Um, I have had people that have, they call me and I answer my phone when they call me. They do leave messages. I do get back with them within 24 hours. Um, I know the front counter person does return her calls, but most of the time we pick them up first thing in the morning, we get our calls. And then, then we try to return first thing in the morning okay. before we start getting busy for the day because sometimes we can't. And you will have the same people, they will call three or four times right in a row. Oh. And because I've been where I've had people in my office and I look at my phone and it's the same people call three or four times right in a row and they will not leave the message, which... I mean if I can't pick it up because I have somebody in my office then yeah
0: yeah for sure. So, sometimes sometimes it, it, you do get cut off though I've had that happen to me where you're trying to reach someone and and, and you just get cut off and you can't leave a message so okay you know I, and I don't know that might not be an issue, but I, it did did happen to me I mean okay, I, don't know I mean what I what called ex- back later whatever but you know I don't know what
7: extension that might have been so I okay. have to look at the extension
0: if that was an extension problem or something okay, it, no it was the main number main number uh-huh, but- yeah.
1: Okay, thank you. Is there any other questions on that? I have something, a few things, one of
2: I mean, them is
3: kind of related to that. So, oh, for that, or are you finished with your questions, Council? Oh, um, yep, yeah,
2: yeah. thank you. Yeah, so um, probably something to wait for, for a new city administrator, but it doesn't mean we can't start doing work if work if you, you know, when you guys have some free time. Um, but um, one of the things that might be worth looking into is. You know, which will alleviate some of the customer service issues is, is getting some type of customer service tracking software, um, you know, like, like when you call Comcast, for example, you know, they're logging, you know, the call, and, and then there, it, it allows us to make sure that they you know, there's, there's a follow through resolution. So we were doing this, like in the first two years I was on council. you know, we had been doing it via spreadsheets. And then that just kind of fell through the cracks. Um, but I think that's a great way of, of being able to and sure, I mean it, it does add it would add time to people, people's jobs because they would have to log some of these things in, but that's could be another issue. You know? Well, that
7: kind of went away when they brought out in C click fix because C click fix was supposed to be, take care of the majority of the calls were the problems of the streets, the yeah. branches, the code enforcement stuff. Yeah. And that's some of it, it, yeah. And yeah. if you saw on the sheet, the spreadsheet we did, that was a lot of problems.
2: Yeah, yeah. but I think that were the good. complaints that come. It would it would be worth exploring to see you know what the cost of that software is and, and and any type of process that we would have to put around it because that that's something that would really allow us to you know make sure that we're following up plus you know as as you guys know a lot of times you know the residents are very passionate and you're not getting the full story sometimes and, and so it allows you to you know have all of the, the history on what an issue is um, everything is documented and so we can verify things and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, that was during the campaign. That was a big issue. People just said, "I can't reach anybody. Nobody gets back with me. Nobody follows up." I mean, you know, there's always going to be people that say it happens all the time, or whatever. But there was a large number of people that had that issue. So, you know, some way to address it.
2: Okay, yeah. we can look at software and different things. And C Code fix leads right into them, one of the other things <laughs> here for Um, can we get in our pack and start getting um, uh a report on, you know, how many incidents are open, how many are closed. Um, you know, I know I know. there's been times where Cheryl has kind of included what I've requested It a, a, a spreadsheet that shows, you know, what, what's going on within Sequel's Fix. Um, I don't know if it's possible to get something as detailed as what, like, the police, that may be over too much overkill, but what the police do with their report where, you know, uh, Cantor reported, you know, rusty culverts. signed to so and so was completed on such and such a date. Replaced culvert, you know, something like that. Yeah, so we you can did... look
7: into see what kind of reports we can get from. We were getting
1: weekly sequence fix reports.
7: We
2: were, while, and then it, it stopped. Um, but and they, they were they were they were very basic, you know. But it would be like be good to know what's going on and you know get a little bit more detail on what's going on there. Uh, yeah, I guess the only other question that I had was, um, we had talked about, um, uh, Ronnie was going to be looking for some of the ditch issues. We were gonna have trained Ronnie and have him sent out to look at some of the you know low hanging fruit, you know root in the ditch, you know, he'd call it that kind of thing to try to help the ditch system along. And I'm just curious if, if we've started doing that or, if
3: that's i didn't think about
7: that at that point but he is on vacation for the next two weeks so he
4: won't next uh the yeah i think there's a few months evaluating all of the tissues that may be impacted with the paving of roads so i can certainly reach out to to them and see if they've found any sort of outlying right. Ditch and culvert issues yeah, necessarily be handled as
2: part of the paving uh, project. Right. So the, the, the discussion that we had on that was a few months ago was was that uh, this this was really to target the, the 19 miles that are outside of the seven miles that are getting getting assessed because we know those we know those seven miles are, are are going to be looked at by the engineers but that leaves 19 miles. Where we're not going to be touching up. but in some instances, actually, a lot of instances, there's some really low hanging fruit that can be done. Very simple things that, you know, having a resident, you know, take care of a root that's in the ditch, for example, just blocking it for the holes, those kinds of things. Anything else? I like any comments? No.
3: Councilwoman um, so Kanez, any comments? Hey, is there any public comments? Okay, well then, um, I'll take a motion to adjourn. I will no to adjourn. Sorry, sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah, we're adjourned.